Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Galit Speaks podcast. Uh, I'm super excited to introduce you to our guest today because she is one of my very, very close personal friends. And um, she was so kind to step in when my, at, at the last minute, my previous guest for tonight rescheduled. And so I'm so excited to have her on because we have so many amazing things coming up. I, and I'm excited to talk about this topic. Her name is Nicole. She goes by Nix, or uh, in the shadowy circles, the circles less spoken about, she goes by the Sirenatrix. She owns her own company called uh, Super Dive Scuba in New York City. She is a dive instructor. She is also on the board of the Diversity Initiative with me, which is a nonprofit um, whose goal is to create safe underwater spaces for all. Um, and, and our mission is underwater for all by 2020, by 2030. Oh my gosh. Yeah. By 2030. We're late. <laughs> We're so late on that other goal, but no, by 2030, we have given ourselves like seven years. Um, and we're really hoping that we can, we can make that a reality. Um, so I'm super excited to introduce you to Nix. Hi there. Hi, Galit. I've been on this show a few times. I feel like it's always like a wildly different topic, but I'm just so happy to be here. Um, and thanks for, thanks for having me. I'm kind I think we kind of lucked out that your other, uh, guest canceled because yes, I'm so glad to be able to talk about this topic, especially today. Yeah, because we have a really cool, we have a really cool event coming up and, um, and it's coming up really soon, like next week soon, I think. Uh, yeah, it's next week. I feel, I feel like, so as the diversity initiative, we are going to have a booth at, in um, the kind of like the queer sports section of Folsom Street Fair in San Francisco, which I'm super excited for. Um, it's just another way of making sure that people understand that like these sports are not for, <laughs> I hesitate to say this, but like not like scuba or diving or underwater recreation is not just for old white men, um, old straight white men. <laughs> And like, I hesitate to say that because I don't want anyone to take offense for it, about it. Um, I'm super appreciative that like these circles were created by people, but I think it's time to expand that and let other people in and other people know that this is a possibility for them in their lives. So besides for Folsom, Nyx has something really cool that she is doing. Um, and it's, and it is, although it is a little kinky, it is 
really about safety. So Nix, why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, so I thought, first of all, I thought it was hilarious when one of the first, our, our nonprofit organizations has been going to all these dive related events. And this is our first big non-diving related event. And I think the question was like, why are you going to a, to a BDSM festival? And um, <laughs> I think at the end of the day, it was like, um, well, there's folks there that could be enjoying the underwater world and we should go out there and uh, reach people with the gospel of underwater safety who probably need to hear it, who wouldn't otherwise seek it out. Right. Because um, you, you mentioned uh, something about the uh, stereotypical demographic of, of divers. And um, the truth is that unless you do have quite a bit of disposable income, yeah, it's hard to get underwater. <laughs> it's, it's hard to think about the water in our daily life. Right. Like where many of us, especially if we're in landlocked places, we don't think about being underwater in our daily, daily life. However, um, we're heading out to reach folks that aren't thinking about the underwater world yet. Um, yeah. so, sorry, I just wanted to give it that intro um, to to address the the demographic that we're trying to target with this with this event. Um, and so, you asked me to talk about the workshop. So, yeah. Um, I'm going to be teaching uh, a safety workshop uh, called WET. That part might be a little bit inappropriate. I just thought it was a very tongue-in-cheek joke, <laughs> but it's the underwater kink workshop. And it's, first of all, here's the official disclaimer. It is not sexual or explicit in, in, you know, in nature. Is it sexy? Sure. Plenty of things are sexy, like ballet is sexy, um, but it's not sexual. What it is, it's a workshop about things that I've picked up from my experience in diving and also, um, you know, uh, at Kink Dungeons. And so it's a workshop in communication, in water safety, breath hold safety, and um, really risk management because that theme is strong in both scuba diving and in the kink world. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all about communication and planning and making sure that everyone is consenting and understanding of their role and how to speak up and how to be heard um, and making sure that everyone is comfortable and safe. So I'm really happy that you're doing this because I feel like as we spoke about it, um, there are people out there that are doing this already, but they have not addressed any of these safety issues and they are not thinking about what could possibly go wrong. And the last thing you want is to have an accident happen. Yeah. And in, so it's funny cause I, there's scuba knowledge and then there's like kink knowledge and they all have their own philosophies. So in the kink world, there's these acronyms. Um, the most famous one is um, uh, 
rack, risk, aware, consensual, kink. And then there's the other, um, I actually like prick, P-R-I-C-K, personal, responsibility, informed, consensual, kink. Uh, so what does that mean? It means that if you're going to engage in a risky activity, be it kink, be it scuba diving, um, every party, whether you're a top or a bottom, if you're and and for you vanilla people out there, that translates to whether you're doing things to someone or whether things are being done to you. <laughs> um, but everybody has a personal responsibility. Then there's the I, which stands for informed. Um, and then C is consensual. So informed, right? Um, that means that when you agree or consent to an activity, you should have an idea of what you're consenting to, right? Like if I'm consenting to go into like a strange house, uh, I shouldn't just trust the person I'm with. I should like do my due diligence in researching like what's going to happen, you know, that was a terrible uh, metaphor, <laughs> but um, it has a lot to do with the Dunning-Kruger effect, right? Where when you're a beginner or when you don't know a lot about something, you don't know what you don't know, right? So <laughs> here I am and, uh, you know, I, I have like kinky friends that I follow on Instagram and stuff. And here I am. I watched a friend of mine uh, tie themselves up underwater and uh in the video i could tell that they weren't you know they were struggling to swim and stuff and i later asked them about it i was like hey uh you know t tell me about that how, how'd it go and they did not have a safety they just figured oh let me just put the rope on i'll tie myself up and uh and i'm like wow um you know you did you know that if you're to have a hypoxic event, like a blackout, there's no warning. Like you might think that you're perfectly fine. And the next minute, like your family finds you in the pool and you thought you were fine. You never got that feeling of like, Ugh, right. So huh, it's um, you can't, I, I saw people uh, get already. I've offended people with the uh, topic of this course, but People are doing it. I haven't invented kink. I haven't invented underwater kink either. But I really want to inform people about the best, what the, the absolute, what you should never, ever do and just make things a little bit safer. Yeah. I mean, listen, people are going to do it and there has to be um, somebody who speaks out and tells them like, hey, this is safe. This is not safe. This is how you manage risk. This is how you make sure that your family doesn't find you in the pool. You know, like you want to, because people are not thinking that when we hear stories all the time, especially around kink, um, that people took actions by themselves and didn't do it in a safe way. And then there was an accident or something really horrible and tragic happened. And no one should ever have to be unsafe or die because of lack of knowledge. Like we are in an age where the internet is available. 
like courses like this are available, we can talk about things. Yes, for a lot of people listening right now, this might be super uncomfortable for them to listen to. But in the hopes that this reaches someone who is going to do it anyway and just makes their lives a little bit safer, like even if this just opens the conversation so that people start talking about it so that they know that there are proper ways to do things or resources that they can reach out to, even if they can't attend this specific workshop, but know that there are places that you can go to teach you how to do this safely. Because I don't think that anyone doing this at home is thinking, I'm trying to do this in a way that's super unsafe for me. Like nobody's going into this and, and being like, you know, I'm trying to put my life in danger right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think a lot of people have these uh, misconceptions about kink and they think one, that it's always like rough and hard and, you know, like, like I'm going to like drown this person or make them feel really helpless. Um, and that that's edge play. That's like only a very small percentage of kinksters. You know, there's a it's totally valid to be a kinkster who just likes to like feathers and, and, and nice caresses. Anyways. Um, and then the other misconception is that it's sexual or that just, I've told a few people that I'm teaching this workshop and usually they're like, Oh my God. And, um, I get it. Uh, I have spoken to, I have spent, hours and weeks of research into this course. I have consulted with lawyers. I have consulted with folks who do like risk management as, you know, as a, as their life. I've spoken to uh, medical professionals. I have a friend uh, who um, I worked with for a while. And like five years later, I found out that he was also a kinkster who, um, <laughs> you know, after working with me. Um, so, um, essentially, all these people are like, oh my God, like, why are you teaching this course? This is so awful. Or uh, you be, be, be careful. You don't know what you're doing. And on the other end, also, I've been nervous about coming out to the world because when people find out that you have alternative interests, uh, you know, they, they look at you differently, period. Um, for sure, I have lost friends who have found out about my, at least, you know, at the worst, I've lost friends. At the least, they were like, ooh, like, Nicole's a little kooky. Um, but if not me, then who, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm a professional with experience in breath hold safety. Um, and I have these interests, so I understand how they, how they interact. Um, and I also just believe that safety should never be behind a paywall and there I'm probably doing a net positive moral act by, uh, sharing, uh, important information that people wouldn't otherwise have. Yeah. And, and Nico is commenting. Say, yeah. I just want to say that Nico, who is also, uh, uh, on the board of our nonprofit, the Diversity Initiative, says the Responsible Diver Code says to stay within your training and experience. This is no different. Get training, play safe. 
yeah, it's as simple as that, right? Like we want everyone to be safe. We want everybody to understand what they're doing and understand how to minimize the risks. If you're going to be do it, if you're going to be doing it, you might as well be doing it with the knowledge that you can do it safely. Um, and and the knowledge on how to minimize risks and make sure that you, you know, we got like, uh, I, I there's been conversations in Nico's group, which is um, the queer dive, uh, the, the queer, queer and trans, trans dive community. Um, and those conversations have brought up so many cool ideas, right? Oh, yeah, I like, learned something for sure. Yeah, just that idea with like, how do you have a safe word, right? So, oh, it's the Queer and Trans Dive Club. I don't know why I can never get that right. And I'm a member. Um, <laughs> you see, yeah. So if you well, are queer and a diver or dive interested, um, please look up that club and join it because it's like a wealth of knowledge and information and Nico that you can't find yeah. elsewhere. So that's the theme here. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, so like there were so many cool ideas on like even just like how do you have a safe word if you're underwater and can't speak? Um, this so was, yeah, this was, yeah, safe words is something and safe words underwater is something that we cover in, in, in this workshop. And this was the first time that I had seen any kind of content posted uh, publicly, like a discussion. And within like the first five posts, somebody chimes in and is like, oh, my friend used to do this. And this is the genius method that they, you know, they had somebody holding like a water bottle full of air and an alternative uh, uh, safe word was just like the water bottle would be let go. And the bottle flew up to the surface that that was like a visual signal. And that it had, it had an audible signal inside it, too, that something was wrong and that the bottom was not holding onto the bottle correctly. I was like whoa that's like in the first five comments of having this topic out in the open for once here we are like sharing a wealth of information so um regardless of what it does to my reputation and what my friends might think of me uh, I, i'm just really glad actually to open the discussion and to start sharing information yeah and uh so look up the queer and trans dive club please sign up for it. It's on Facebook. It is a, an amazing discussion. It's not necessarily kinky. Um, it just happens to have a lot of people in it. And these are topics that it, it's open. It's a safe space. So it is, it is okay to bring up questions like these. And it's okay to bring up tons of other questions about having, um, you know, just a safe, atmosphere underwater for people of any gender, any identity, um, and, and how to navigate a lot of the issues that comes with, a lot of the issues that come with being queer and being in underwater spaces. I, um, I took this course recently, well not, not so, uh, I took a course by Gareth Locke, it's called The Human Diver. I will, or human, sorry, human factors in diving. Um, human factors is like an established field that talks about like uh, essentially like accidents and risk management and how to, you know, and one of the main 
uh, core concepts is the concept of psychological safety um, and a just culture. And psychological safety means that all part, you know, uh, everybody should feel free to communicate freely in a, in a, in a space that has psychological safety. Um, but also that human uh, and the just culture concept is that we have to examine like the whole system behind, uh, behind things and that human beings are not perfect. They are infallible. Um, and so errors happen, mistakes happen. You have to talk about accidents and safety. Um, nobody learns by keeping quiet. And at the same time, there are, there, there should not be a tolerance for like recklessness or um, being negligent and you should be held accountable to your level of training and professionalism. So all of that fits so well, both in scuba diving and in uh, kink as well. Um, so I hope that people come out of the workshop being better dive buddies. I hope they learn how to plan and communicate better dives. Um, and I hope that they actually, you know, when you, when you first become a scuba diver, you don't know that if you go down deep, you'll use your air up faster and that you might get narked and make stupid decisions. So like, there's just so many common themes. I'm happy to put them together. Um, yeah. And Nick, yeah, Nico wrote a really good quote here. Uh, he wrote, be the buddy you want in an emergency. And um, yeah, I think, I think that speaks a lot to uh, exhibiting role model behavior always. And um, so, yeah, uh, that's the little preamble about all the safety. You talked about, okay, people are already doing it, so we might as well make them safer. But then there's the other side of the coin. Uh, and this, this side of the coin is actually delicious. There's free divers and scuba divers who have been free diving and scuba diving forever. And let's spice things up a little bit. Let's introduce them to a world of new flavors. Um, maybe they haven't done kinky stuff before. Um, that's cool. Let's equip those people with extra tools to have fun during these underwater activities. Um, and um, yeah, to, to, to have fun and learn all those concepts that kink brings. So um, negotiation, uh, uh, safe words. Safe words are the same thing as any diver can end any dive at any, at, at any moment. Um, so yeah. I've I've loved introducing this stuff to free divers because free divers it, it's such a funny sport. It's like competitive relaxation, essentially, right? And you do all of these things. You do a breathe up to like bring your body into the most zen place possible, and you want to slow your heart rate down to to, to hold your breath a really long time, right? Um, and one of the partners I practice with, we were like, uh, you know, we free dive together all the time. What if I 
made you really nervous. And instead of relaxing before a breath hold, what if we put the anticipation level all the way up and I made you nervous? Maybe, you know, you got like a little touch back here and, you know, and I was in control of how long your breath hold's going to be. And it was this like, it was like stepping into an alternate dimension. I had done free diving in like one way for so many years. And here we are doing the opposite. And we're like, oh my God, this is so different and so fun. Oh my gosh, I, I can't wait. I hope that uh, we get some free divers that we can show that to. Yeah, so the workshop and the pool party is on Thursday. This is happening in San Francisco, um, Thursday, 921. And then if you're in San Francisco, um, come to the Queer Sports Complex during the Folsom Street Fair. There's gonna be a ton of really cool things going on, all sorts of different organizations representing all different, um, all different organizations within the, uh, within queer sports, like, uh, and there's going to be um, like the queer wrestling. It is just so like, there's so much going on. So if you're in San Francisco, come to the workshop pool party on Thursday and Sunday, come to the Folsom Street Fair and check out our section. Um, Nico was yeah. kind enough to like put the information all in the comments. So if you're watching this on Facebook, please check out the comments. You'll see the information to how to get a ticket to the workshop. And we're having a pool party after the workshop, which is free. Just donate, any donations are going to the diversity initiative and are gonna go towards our mission of making underwater for all by 2030. Um, so please make sure to check that out at the Folsom Street Fair. We are going to have wrestling, photo booth, info, and Nico, this is all from Nico, cute people and more. I'm so grateful to Nico who made this connection for us and really hooked up our organization and gave us this opportunity to like reach a whole new segment of people and to introduce them to the underwater world. <laughs> Nico's just like coming in with the great stuff. Nico says, come get sporty with us. <laughs> I think like in like several months ago when, you know, in the very beginnings of mine and Nico's friendship, I think, uh, I don't even remember how this brought was brought up, but Nico sent me like a photo of like dive gear She's like, this looks pretty kinky. And I was like, somehow it turned into like, about that. Um, yeah, I'm kinky. I do dive stuff. And then I think Nico was like, oh, you've never been to Folsom? It's like the world, it's like a huge kink fair. And I think I joked. I was like, ha ha, like I should go and teach underwater uh, kink like at that fair. And lo and behold, the magician, Nico, just like, hey, let's do it. We're going. <laughs> like, Wow. Uh, and first I was, you know, just in it for the, the fun of it. It's like, wow, that's crazy. That's the fun factor. But on the, on the, on the flip side, on a very serious note, that's exactly what we mean to be doing. It's underwater for all and underwater for all includes all the kinksters 
that um, have enough money for neoprene suits anyways. <laughs> and, 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 you know, that's just one type of gangster. I'm just saying that uh, they are folks who enjoy uh, experiences and that's pretty much like diving. Yeah. Enjoy experiences and are used to using gear. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also they were so excited. We brought a, uh, we, we brought up the idea of like having like a mermaid and a shark wrestle at, at, at their little wrestling uh, thing. And everybody gets excited when it comes to underwater stuff. I think one of yeah. the, the, the host was like, huh, this is making me really wish I was doing all these things like scuba diving. I was like, oh, like our theory is working at least on a very <laughs> small scale. So I, I'm, I'm so excited. Yeah. The more people that we can introduce to the underwater world, the better. Um, just on like a, on another note, right? You can't really fall in love with something until you experience it. And if we are able to get more people into the oceans, then it'll be an easier time for us to save the oceans which right now are being just destroyed at a rate that is that is super scary because it is not just affecting the ocean, it affects the entire world, right? Yeah. And the and majority of our oxygen comes from the ocean. Like the there are so we are we are all ingesting like microplastics because of what we're throwing into the ocean. Um, water is such an important part of our bodies, our yeah. lives, like the experience of being in the water is just so therapeutic Yeah, uh, that we, without it, it's, you know, the world would be a much different place. And I want everyone to be able to experience that. We humans, unless we have like a waterfront apartment or uh, we live near the ocean, or most of us don't think about it. Definitely not. On, even me, uh, I don't think about it on a daily basis. And yet it does affect me on a daily basis. Um, and actually, this is an important cornerstone of uh, underwater for all and the road to underwater for all. Like, how do we get everybody diving? What are the obstacles between us and underwater for all by 2030? One of the biggest uh, barriers, besides financial barriers, um, is that our society has zero understanding, not zero, but a terrifying amount of understanding about things like breath hold safety. Um, I teach lifeguards for free. I give it on the house whenever I have somebody at the lifeguard uh, at the pools. I teach them my free diving safety course on the house because they are lifeguards. Um, if they don't understand how, uh, you know, uh, blackouts occur and why they occur and how to rescue it, you know, oh, you got to keep the water out of the airway. Um, that part is not, I don't, I've heard, I have, I'm not a lifeguard, but Everybody has told me that they did not learn that in their lifeguarding uh, courses. And yet in New York City, um, people think that free diving is illegal or and there's a there's a mandatory. The law says you have to post a sign 
warning people about the dangers of um, long breath hold diving and there's no underwater competition. There's no breath hold competition. So that's just how we like to do things. We don't like to understand things. We don't like to educate the public. It's too risky, too, risk, too risky to educate them. Instead, let's just ban breath hold competition. Uh, and uh, breath hold competition is one of the safest sports in, the, in all sports um, because of the amount of safety intentional uh, safety that we've put around it. Now the yeah. folks blacking out, they're regular swimmers that never accessed a uh, breath hold safety curriculum. So if we're gonna get to underwater for all, we really have to start by addressing all the safety issues because we don't want an unsafe water for all, underwater for all. So it starts with education. Yeah. And, and I love that you decided to take this on as your mission and that you're, you're doing this and, and introducing this to a whole different group of people that would probably not know about it, not have heard about it. Um, and I'm really excited to see what happens at Folsom because I think that we are going to open the minds of a lot of people in both ways we're opening the minds of the divers too everybody's minds are open and everybody's shocked <laughs> yeah and we've gotten like some very mixed reviews and nico has a great idea of like doing discover scuba or try scuba diving on site next year at Folsom, which that would be super cool if we could get something like that going and and allow people to to give it a shot yeah um yeah, for sure. Um, do we want to get into the fun parts and talk about different different things? Because we, we've said underwater kink and people are like, what is it? Are they tying yeah. each other up and banging underwater? <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's talk about it. Like what, what are the different things that are going to happen at the workshop? And all what right. can people expect? Okay, so it's going to start out with all this safety stuff. All the uh, all safety stuff. Uh, I'm going to have to send out stuff, you know, my lawyer has told me exactly what I have to do, but it does like, it does start with a very strong acknowledgement of all the risks. Um, and most importantly, that we're there to equip folks with some more knowledge, um, but that you can never eliminate risk from anything, from any activity. Diving is risky. Uh, kink is risky. When you combine the two, they become exponentially more so risky. Um, but, and even if you do everything right, even if you follow all the rules, I don't, there could be an earthquake in San Francisco and you still have to be prepared for things like that. All right, so that's like the first port, port part because we don't get to have all the nice things unless we have a very serious and conscious understanding of what we're about to get into. Um, and then the fun stuff, uh, we will talk about breath hold uh, play. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about how free divers do their statics, right? So uh, in free diving, there's this thing where folks try to see how long they can hold their breath underwater and they go for their own personal records and they relax and everything. On the flip side, uh, there's a lot of power exchange that you can do 
in that scenario. And that is, um, you can play with so many variables. I Instead of you deciding when your breath hold starts or ends, um, in the beginning, we would probably just do one. Uh, I get to decide. And that is such a different feeling than, you know, taking your time preparing yourself. When I tell you to inhale and put your face in the water, you're going to do it. And so there's so much of this like tangible uh, apprehension or anticipation. And then, um, so then there's other ways to, um, to, so there's the breath hold stuff. Um, I'm gonna, the easiest way to explain this is to tell you the acronym. So you got bondage and discipline, BD. You have DS, dominance and submission, and then SM, which is sadism and masochism. Um, and so nowhere does that include sexual, you know, sexual interactions, just putting it out there. Um, bondage part, plenty of ways to restrict your movement um, or your senses underwater. Um, so one, you don't even need a blindfold. If you just put your face under the water, you can't see, you can't breathe. Um, it's kinky. It makes you feel incredibly vulnerable. I would never tell somebody to just start out that way, right? You start little by little. You start maybe this time, you know, you have like your a nose clip or something and you just put your eyes in underwater and you oh my gosh, all of a sudden you can't see. And it's a feeling of vulnerability, powerlessness, um, but also calm, movement inward, um, reflection. So there's that. Um, the bondage part is different ways to restrict somebody underwater. Um, you could use rope. If you are experienced with rope, um, otherwise you can use straps, chains, other stuff like that. There are extremely important safety rules there. If you just tie somebody up and throw them into the deep end, you're asking for trouble. You always need plenty of ways to immediately release uh, the, the bottom and not only release them, but also to establish breathing in a moment's notice. They need to be able to end that moment at any time. Um, and then there's like other kinds of power play. Like uh, one of my partners loves it when I hold them down to the bottom of, my of the pool using my foot. <laughs> and that's, it's really, um, if you think about it, when we were kids, I did that stuff with my friends all the time. I don't know. Is that is that just me? Did you do that? Did, did you like dunk up people's heads everyone, in the water? Everyone did that, especially with their siblings. I feel like this, this was like a component of every childhood. If you didn't do it with your friends, it was like your, your older brother or your older sister that was doing it to you. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering if that was just me being a weirdo or like, you know, we did those things. We just were kids and we were playing and now we're adults and we shouldn't lose the ability to play 
why did we play like that? Because it was fun. We had so many different physical sensations and like, I don't know. Uh, I would love to like, I totally did play chicken and like dunk people's heads in the water and stuff. Um, and yeah, so and this is like an added component of like, now we are adults and we understand <laughs> to doing all of this. And so you have people there for safety and you learn rules. And waivers. Right, we've got waivers and making sure that it's all above board and that people understand what's happening and what they're doing and and um, we're doing it in a in a safe way. And safer, safer, safer. Like, yes, in a safer way. We don't have to lose our childlike nature and we can we can still continue to play like nico put it um cute people doing cute things in the pool with folks there for safety like that, that's it yeah. <laughs> um that's it and you know when um and my my partner robbie and i we've spent years working this out our journey started like seven years ago on dry land when uh, we, 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 we've had some rope and I got tied up and then I got nerve damage, uh, for several months. Nerve damage is this weird thing. It, it, it sucks. Why? Cause I had no idea what was one, what was happening. I thought that tingling just means it's working. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Tingling does not mean it's working. I didn't know any better. And there I was with like several months of consequences and, um, that was when we went to a rope workshop to actually learn, uh, you know, all, all the stuff, like where, where are the nerves in, in your body? What are you, you know, where can you tie? Where can't you tie? What kind of knots are safe? What aren't, what isn't safe? So, um, yeah. Uh, and then. Hello to Lewis. Hi, Lewis. Uh, Lewis is another one of our board members who has popped in the chat. To just say hello and let us know that he's here. Hey, Lewis. Yeah, so we have put countless of hours. Anytime that we had a pool and there were no people around that would think that we were weird, we would bring out the rope and practice. And our first sessions were a disaster. Um, why? Because there aren't that many great resources out there about uh, underwater you don't have like the tension that gravity gives you. Instead, you have buoyancy uh, that makes things work the opposite way. It makes things loosen sometimes when they're supposed to tighten. If you use the wrong material of rope, it'll swell and then you won't be able to get the knots out and stuff and it'll get tighter, uh, some, yeah. some, some materials of rope. So we've, we've put in the hours to figure out what works, what doesn't. Um, and we're still always learning. Yeah, and we wanna make sure that, you know, I, I'm speaking for you, but I think we wanna make sure that people don't have to go through the eight years of trying and learning and relearning things about it. If there's someone here with the knowledge that can give it to people right away and so that they don't have to make the same mistakes on their own and possibly have negative consequences to them. Yeah. Um, but the, the journey, I, I have put so much work into this workshop. 
Um, and the journey of getting to where I am right now has been so fun. I would just call up, uh, you know, uh, the few folks that I do this with and it'd be like, hey, like you want to go uh, dunk our heads in and like I'll step on you underwater and sometimes you'll be face up and sometimes you'll be face down and we'll figure out the best way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then it can be as intimate as you want it to be. Um, like with uh, one of my partners, I'll literally put my hand on her diaphragm um, to feel the contractions when, you know, um, when, when you're holding your breath for a while, you get these contractions. And it's like a very, a very intimate experience where you're tuning in to the other person. And um, I hope that people can learn ways to connect with their partner or with their friends, their coworker, whatever you want. <laughs> um, it's, there's like a very interesting intimacy about the water and just, you know, playing in and it. There's a different level of trust that we develop with people that we, we uh, encounter in underwater spaces and also in trust with our lives in underwater spaces, right? Because me being a diver, I've been a diver for a very long time and I do not have um, a steady dive buddy. Um, someone that I dive with all of the time. Me, kind of. But I don't dive with you all of the time. And like, normally I'm going to places and I'm meeting someone for the first time and having to communicate with them and having to trust them to have my back underwater, right? And and that's the agreement that we make when we decide to go diving together. And we decide like, hey, I'm gonna look out for you. You look out for me. If there's trouble, I'm gonna be there. I'm just not gonna, I'm not gonna just ignore it. Even though we just met yep. literally five minutes ago. Like I care about you, you care about me. We, ha we have to develop a trust and a bond between ourselves and like understand each other. And I have to, you know, I have to be ready to share my oxygen if I need to. You have to be ready to do the same thing for me. And so it's a different kind of relationship once you get underwater. Your air. Your air. Yeah. I'm yeah. making oh, that God. correction because if folks go diving with oxygen, they'll get sick. Um, yes. So, <laughs> yeah, you have to share your air with me or I have to share my air with you. But um, it's a different kind of relationship that you have once you put people underwater. And I think that is what I like about diving. It changes the rules, right? It is now everyone is the same underwater. Mm -hmm. We matter the same we care about each other the same, like all of the other crap that is around in our daily lives is no longer around and no longer relevant. Like it does not matter. It, we are going to help each other underwater no matter what. And I think that is something that if was shared with all, it would lead to better relationship between everyone and everyone as a human race. And, and that's not just uh, like that trust, 
that's something I actually think that kinksters do exceptionally well. Um, and so every, every, everything in kink, the, they're called scenes, okay? That it's called a scene because it's separate from reality. It has a, a beginning, uh, like a before the scene, uh, the negotiation. Then there has the scene, and then there's the aftercare. And that's exactly, uh, and anybody at any moment can bail, all right? And it's exactly the same thing with scuba diving. Uh, you got the dive planning, you got the dive, and then you great divers always debrief and talk about, you know, and, and it is a really big skill, Galit, just like you mentioned, to get onto a boat, meet somebody new. Hey, where are you visiting from? Cool. I'm, I'm here for another week. I guess we're dive buddies on this dive. The quality of your interaction with that other person. Hey, uh, let's agree on a mission on what we're going to achieve during this dive. Like how many dives do you have? Uh, do you have any fears or triggers that I should know about? Like, you know, are you feeling sick? The quality of that interaction is essential to building that trust that is and it's a skill. It's a skill that does not usually get taught to the extent that it should be during, uh, you know, entry level courses. Yeah, hundred percent. Not nobody taught me like what to ask or what to. It, you know, they're just like always have a dive buddy. Well, what if I'm alone and I don't have a dive buddy? Like, what happens? I need. Yeah, what to if your dive it? buddy sucks? <laughs> like, sorry. I, and I, I, I don't like using that terminology because we are going for accessibility. Um, so I, I take back. But what if your dive buddy is not prepared to take on the responsibility of an equally unprepared diver? What Correct. Then? Yeah. And how do you make sure that you communicate enough um, in the beginning to understand, like, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? Like, I will ask the, the person that I'm about to dive with, hey, how is your, you know, how is your air consumption? How, how? because I need to know also, like, what to look out for like you know how far of a distance should we be away from each other yeah right because there are a lot of people that like to be right next to their dive buddy and then there are other people that i've dove with that are like hey i'm cool as long as we can see each other at any given time like i'm okay with that i don't need to be by your side and like those are conversations that you need to understand how to have um, and I think that the conversations with kink are similar in that you need to know what are the signs I need to be looking out for that you're uncomfortable or that you're in trouble because it is different from person to person. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, you deepen your relationship with that other person that you're diving with. Eventually you can dive in the toughest conditions together. Um, and I love having, I've, I've done pickup play in dungeons where I'm teaching somebody, Hey, this is kink. We're going to negotiate then I'm going to do exactly this. And then I've had partners that I've known for a while. So I know their limits. I know what they're capable of. And I know that I can push them because that's the most beautiful thing. It's creating a container of safety and to say, okay, we're consciously creating this bubble of safety 
Um, we are going to be in control of these things inside the bubble. But besides that, we can push and we can explore. So I can, we can explore like how long can you hold your breath, um, you know, if, uh, if you're at the bottom of the pool and stuff like that. Well, that wouldn't be exactly too safe. But uh, yeah, it's in summary, both diving and kink require people to have prick, P-R-I-C-K, personal responsibility, informed, consensual kink, kink, but, um, and creating these bubbles of safety and assuming the risks is a skill that is really important. And yeah, I hope that we can share more safety, but also share more fun and bring some light and happiness and spice to the dive shows, you know, like this is probably the most exciting thing that has happened in, in, in diving <laughs> since the dawn of the industry. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, I, I am a big proponent of let's stop being embarrassed to talk about things. Like, man, I, I started this, you know, I started talking about money when it was tacky, when it was uncomfortable for people to talk about it. And I've kept opening my mouth. And I just feel like in every aspect of life, we should be able to open our mouths. We should be able to talk about the things that matter, the things that are happening, the things that go on in our lives. Like it is what it is. Things are, things are going to, you know, we are going to be curious. We, as humans, that is our nature. We are going to be curious. We are going to need to have community input. Um, there are, with the invention of the internet, we have seen that there is always someone else in the world that is willing <laughs> to talk about things, right? Like you can find every little yeah. small, you got like a small hobby that you don't think anyone else will be interested in. Guess There's what? a group for that. There's a group for that already, you know? Well, like I really admire that about you, Billy. What? I, I, I want to say I really admire that about you. Um, you've, you've been like my big sister for, well, <laughs> for years and I love how you are so bold and I love how you're unapologetic about being yourself. And I have caught myself, this is my first time being open and being like, Oh guys. Yeah. It's a, it's a workshop, but I promise it's really safe. It's super tame. There's nothing that bad happening. And I'm making, I feel, constantly feel like I'm apologizing or like I'm doing something really naughty. And I have so much, I, I genuinely do have anxiety about how people are going to receive this. I, I just have to keep reminding myself. I am a professional that has put a lot of dedication and effort into my craft and I'm trying to share safety and bring a new demographic to the world of scuba. So, uh, but at the same time, I wish I wasn't so, I wish I was more confident about the stuff like, hey, I'm doing this and I don't care if I'm doing it. And, and I, you know, uh, it's, it's definitely nerve wracking for me to be out about this. So yeah. I admire you. Thank you. Thank you. And I think honestly, like I was the same. I kept my mouth shut for so long and it was, it just took me 
putting myself out there over and over to get that confidence. So I know that it will come for you at, because I've seen over the years of knowing you, I've seen you grow and evolve and change and step out of your comfort zone and, and really put yourself into positions that like, how, like you've received awards in the diving community and that is no small feat. They're gonna take them away when they know that I get tied up underwater. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it is no small feat. Like you are, you are a, a young woman who is making waves in an, in an industry that is normally dominated by someone that is completely not your demographic, right? Like someone that, and it is, it, we have been in situations where over and over, like you've shown your worth. And um, I really want to open up the community so that more people can see you and more people can experience oh. Um, because Nicole is one of my favorite dive instructors. I like, she was the one to convince me to dive in cold water, which I mean, that was pretty kinky, huh? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I will say I'm, I'm not That's a full kinky. convert, right? Like it, yeah, yeah. it's cold. It's cold. It is, you know? But like as divers, we put ourselves in those kind of situations to experience things. Um, <laughs> Nicole also like got me to do advanced certifications when, you know, I had been diving for like 10 years on my basic certification and just like, you know, but I entrusted her with my life and oh. I would do it over and over again. Well, and I, I am going to, I am going to dunk you just so you yes. know. I'm so, going to dunk your head underwater when I see you in San Francisco. Yeah, so I am going to be um, one of the demo the demonstrations. I, I don't I don't really know, like, a demonstration. I don't know what the word, <laughs> the term for this is. But, like, yes, I will be part of some of the demos. Um, and I'm super excited for that because that will be my first foray into this, um, into this world. And, I mean, I love the water, so... I'm happy to do it for the organization and for yeah. Nicole and just for, for the experience and to understand what this world is about. Um, I, it, it just, uh, I know we're like up on our, on our time, but it, it brings me back to one of the most, one of the funniest jokes I think we've ever made together, which was, um, you know, I, I know it's underwater kink and everything, but you know what? It's for charity. So <laughs> anybody who has anything to say, uh, say it to my face because we are donating all this stuff to an actual nonprofit with the mission of underwater for all. Uh, remember, we used to joke about making an OnlyFans for charity. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. we just haven't done that. But nope. But you know. Listen, there's still time, and this Cyronatrix <laughs> on is on Instagram. So if you want to check out um, Nicole and some of like uh, the Shibari underwater Shibari that she's done, it's really cool. Um, it's also tasteful. So like, not this is not about like being explicit or X-rated. This is you know about just experiencing life in a new way and showing people that there, it doesn't always have to be vanilla and it can still be cool and different. Yeah. Um, Nico, 
I know uh, San Francisco is cold water too. I feel like he, I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be suckered into this, and and I just need to get this is it. Like Nicole <laughs> or Nico have to certify me in dry suit diving so that I can stop. Like, oh, we're going to wetsuit. We're gonna go get really kinky. We're gonna get really cold <laughs> for a little bit. Oh yeah, in the pool, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I the last time I dove in the cold water was. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but I all my dive. We were just talking about you last week because we were just taking students in, and at the bottom it was what it was like absurd. It was like forty eight degrees, and um, it was one student, and he was he wanted to do it, and he was all good. So it was all safe. Don't worry, guys. But uh, after the dive, we were like, "Yeah, that was a lot colder than when." <laughs> like I don't think Elite would like diving here. <laughs> no. So I will tell the story because so I this was a night dive and my buddy was someone in a dry suit. So he was not feeling any of the cold. <laughs> I was in a wet suit. Um and I was feeling all of the cold everywhere because it was also a wetsuit that was not mine and so did not perfectly fit me, which meant oh. there was cold water yeah. running through places. And of course, me being the explorer that I am, um when he dove deep under the thermocline, oh. I dove deep under the thermocline and yeah. hit like it was like an automatic reduction of at least 10 <laughs> degrees, if not 20. Yeah. Um, and then realized my mistake immediately. There you <laughs> go. Went a little bit higher. But at that point, I was like shaking so much that oh. I literally had to like shine my flashlight and get everyone's attention and be like, I need to call the dive. Like, there you go. You know what? You made, you made a prudent decision. You know, you did. At that mo at that point, your mental functions are compromised, and that's it. We're done yeah. here, guys. Exactly. Safe I, word. Safe word. Exactly. Like I, sh I said my safe word. I was like, listen, there's no way I'm gonna stop. Like I do not <laughs> regulate my body temperature well. It's just I know my body, right? Like everyone has to know there are limits and I knew my limit had been reached yeah and that I would not be able to stop shivering for the rest of the dive and yeah. so I made the decision to like call the dive and uh and yeah and I had a great time anyway and and whatnot and everybody went back down I believe afterwards I don't think I ruined anyone's night I don't remember though <laughs> no you wouldn't but um, I think I, I, I wanted to definitely wrap it up with a, with a nice summary of everything. Um, hey, guys. Hey, folks. Hey, everybody. Come on down. We're going to have this workshop in San Francisco on the 21st. Then we're going to have a booth at Folsom on the 24th, Sunday the 24th. Um, the goal is underwater for all, and that includes bringing the underwater world into spaces where they're not currently thinking about it. Uh, Nico's uh, has summarized it down there in the, in the comments. Um, underwater kink. It's uh, exciting. It's a great way for you to connect with yourself, with your own body, with your partners, 
with uh, the water. And there are so many different flavors. I definitely didn't get into it deep enough, but you get to play with water texture, with water like temperature. Um, the, the other week, my, uh, my, my partner and I, we were, I was, I, I kid you not, I had like five different buckets and I was checking to see exactly how to slam the water bucket onto her body, like bah, against the wall so that it would make the best cracking sound. And I've been trying to, it's a science, okay? Like, is it a small bucket? Uh, you know, it's, and it, it, you can take a bucket of water and make it feel like the best spank you've ever gotten. And it's like a, anyways. <laughs> um, anyways. This and more will all be explored. During oh yeah, we're gonna explore the texture, the temperature, the different breath holdy stuff, the bondagey stuff, and we're gonna do it in a safe way. And you're gonna learn a lot about your body and about breath hold safety. So let's make the underwater world a safer place by bringing underwater safety where it is not there yet. Yeah, and Nicole, please tell people how they can reach you if they want uh Nicole, Nicole is located in New York normally. Um, oh, yeah. So We're going to have them here, too, by the way. These workshops are coming in New York. That's it. Um, and my, I'm going to write my Instagram down in the comments. Um, I've got two. <laughs> one for uh, Nicole, professional work stuff. And the other one for the Sirenatrix, if you want to get kinky underwater. Well, I don't do it as a service. I just teach. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Nicole. I'll give you a second to write that down in the comments before we end. Um, but if you were watching, <laughs> oh, Nico, thank you for saying while we're teasing you, you should always trust your body when it comes to diving. Yes, I do trust myself. Thank you. And sometimes um, you can't even trust your body. So you should be safer than that too, like yeah. with oxygen stuff. So yeah. And Lewis, thank you so much for saying you would dive with all of us in cold water. Um, and that maybe we'll, we'll take our, our dry suit together. And, uh, oh, I post certified. I posted my info and then it did that. So, oh, that's great. That's perfect. Okay, cool. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so if you're watching this now or you're watching this on the replay and you've got anything to add to the conversation, we want to hear it. Ask questions. Please. Tell us stories. Yeah. Go. Yeah, we'll we'll be here. We'll be, you know, checking the comments and responding. Um, please check out the workshop if you're in the San Francisco area next week. Come and see us. Let's talk about it. Even if you can't afford the workshop, come to the pool party and um, let's talk about it. Come to the Folsom Street Fair. Um, there, there are so many ways that you can get involved. We're also always looking for people to help us with our mission. So if you know anyone that can help with that, please, uh, feel free to introduce us to them and let's get, let's get closer to our goal of underwater for all by 2030. Um, and then if you are watching this, please like subscribe share and binge on galit speaks podcast and i will see you next week thank you so much nicole for coming in and filling in today uh, it couldn't have been more perfect and like uh, even more like it was kismet that she canceled 
and that I was able to have you on because yeah, people need to know about this. And I'm so glad that we were able to share with them. Yeah, I can't wait to see where my angry phone calls will come. Like, who's the first one that's going to call me and be like, what is that on your Facebook? <gasps> Take that down immediately. <laughs> yes, we're, I, I feel like we're all going to get that. But that's, that's okay. It's okay. YOLO. <laughs> all right, all right, folks. Bye, everyone. Have an amazing rest of your day. And I'll see you next week for another episode of the Galit Speaks podcast.